This is the Cinema Review Show. I'm going to see as many films as I possibly can and on each episode interview a different guest about the films we've seen. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on all good podcasting apps. Just search the Cinema Review Show. And now, sit back, relax and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and uh, welcome to the Cinema Review Show. Uh, This is episode three and I am Craig Fields and of course this is Rocket Man, the review that we're going to be doing on this week's show, and uh, I say we. I am joined by Mr. Daniel Bailey. Hello. Good evening. How are you? Very well, thank you. How uh, how have you been in the recent weeks? Very good. Yeah, busy. Yeah. yeah. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? I went to see Rod Stewart last night. Did you really? I did. Yeah. How at was the that? stadium in Milton Keynes. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Oh, I yes, I do recall. But we can't talk about it. We can talk about the show. We can't talk about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mysterious. <laughs> no, a good show for a man who's probably pushing 70. If Is not, he really? I'd, oh, I'd imagine so, looking at him. How old's Paul McCartney? 74? Okay. He's, yeah, he's well into his 70s. I say Ross Stewart's doing a lot better than Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Daniel, you're not particularly interested in going to the cinema, are you, usually? Not overly, no. But I am very much interested in Elton John. Which is why and you music are in general. here yes. today. Because the first person that popped into my head as to who could review this film with me is going to be you. Mm. Because, obviously, we went to school together and Elton John you know, was a musician that popped up on our playlists quite a lot. Yes, quite and, a lot. Uh, and ever since. And ever since, yeah. So... A bit more about you, though, Daniel. Okay. Obviously, you don't like going to cinema. <laughs> However, you are on IMDb, aren't you? I I am. <laughs> I am. Uh, so, although I don't really like watching films, um, I have been in one. Do expand. Well, it's <laughs> it's a, a small independent film. Um, oh, four or five years ago, six years ago. I can't remember how long ago it was. It was made in the space of five days in Dartmoor, (laughs) in the middle of winter, uh, in a house where there was very little by way of outside contact. There was no phone signal, there was no internet, we didn't have a television. So, yeah, it was uh, an interesting week. What was the film about, can you remember? Of course. It's entitled The Return of Alan Strange. Unfortunately, I don't think it's online. You can see the trailer on YouTube. Um, but I think that's about as far as it got online. It was a straight-to-DVD. Straight-to-DVD jobby. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can uh, recommend it uh, on uh, a new segment on this show at Absolutely. some point. Perhaps we could review it one week. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps if there's nothing much going on at the cinema one week, <laughs> yeah. we'll just dig the DVD out and we'll sit and talk about it for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, in terms of obviously being in the film, you did GCSE drama and A-level drama. A-level drama, yeah. Very poorly. Very poorly? Very poorly. What did you, what did you get? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. We don't need to know that. <laughs> I know what you got. <laughs> well, yeah, I got a U, didn't I? You did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless you. See, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure what I mean. I don't like films that I can't act. <laughs> However, not, you do really like Elton John. my credentials. <laughs> no, but you do like Elton John. I do like Elton John. And you've seen the film, and you also, you did study English uh, was it English literature? I did, yes, at, at university. At university, and I think that qualifies you enough. Great. 
Fair enough. Yep, excellent. Yep, excellent. Okay, well, let's move on let's to on. the next part of the show, which is, of course, the, the review of uh, Rocket Man. I don't think a synopsis is really needed for this film, so we're going to go straight in and listen to a quick clip, and then we'll go straight into the review. Don Perignon. 63, it's a good vintage. Oh, no, thanks. It's... Uh, Always important to rely on the kindness of strangers. John Reed. Alton. I know it all seems a bit overwhelming at first, but uh, something makes me think you'll get used to it. In fact, I predict you could be the best-selling artist in America if you desire. I see you like the song, though. Not quite as much as the singer. So that was a clip from the film uh, where Elton John is being portrayed by Taron Egerton and John Reed is being played by Richard Madden. Uh, so to kick it off, I'm going to go straight away and say that this film was fantastic. I absolutely loved the film. What did you think? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. It's, um, yeah, a, a great film. But first and foremost, the, the genre of this film, it isn't a biopic. I don't think. I think first and foremost, this is a musical, which is very different to how Bohemian Rhapsody approached uh, the film about Queen and about Freddie Mercury. But the difference in the approach is is so evident in the grand schemes of how Dexter Fletcher, who is the, the director of mm. of um, this adventure film, because um, it is an adventure film, mm. is. Is, is evidence in Bohemian Rhapsody as well because he actually took over the directing job from uh, the original director of Bohemian Rhapsody. And mm. you can see there's elements of Dexter Fletcher trying to come through and save Bohemian Rhapsody, but it doesn't quite come through. Um, the music isn't played in sequence. Is this a problem for you in comparison to, say, how Bohemian Rhapsody tried to do it as well? No, because I, I think... Um, with Bohemian Rhapsody, they didn't quite do it in order either. There was some um, some glaring differences in in sequence with the the songs in but, Bohemian Rhapsody. But not even in songs as well as in story as well. So that was one of the biggest takeaways for me that I didn't what I didn't like about Bohemian Rhapsody was that historical elements were placed in different parts in time. So, for instance, yep. when he was diagnosed with AIDS, that came after the Live Aid concert. But in the film, it, before. Was, bef it was way before. And that's a, quite a significant piece of history to get wrong. Considering or, it, it is a biopic. Exactly. And it is more of a biopic than a musical. Whereas this, this is a musical and you can take the story and uh, or take the songs and use it to your advantage in, in terms of trying to tell the story using the emotion from the songs. But you couldn't do that with Bohemian Rhapsody at all. Um, and I know I'm sort of comparing it quite a lot, but I think you have to compare it. I think it's inevitable, isn't it? It's... I think I completely agree with you, and this was more musical in its scope than biopic. Some of the scenes um, reminded me almost of of Oliver, of like consider yourself. Um, some of the the choreography and the the um, shooting of the the scenes sort of reminded me of that. Yeah, I mean Saturday Night um, is all right. Is that even the title of the song? All right for fighting. That's all right. Yeah. All right for fighting. <laughs> so that that scene or that segment of the film obviously is is brilliantly chore choreographed um it's 
but it's evident that it's not sung live. Mm. But it's the other sort of songs where you get your song, how that's being depicted on screen, and that's a live performance um, of of Taron playing the keyboard or playing the piano and and developing the song. Yeah, and it's such a brilliant moment in the film in comparison to some of the the, the more choreographed pieces in, in the in the film. And if we take a direct look at Bohemian Rhapsody in terms of choreograph and and performances, it's all lip synced. Yep. It's not actually Rami Malek singing anything, um, and it's not it's not even any like live performances. So even the bit where he's in one of the studios and he's upstairs playing the piano, writing mm. a song, and there's him singing. He's not singing at all. And no, it's all overdubbed, isn't it? And you can tell. From that, I think they were going for a different feel with Bohemian Rhapsody. I think they were going for a, a real authenticity. You know, how much can we make this look and sound like Freddie Mercury? Which I think it's probably fair to say they weren't going for so much in Rocket Man. No, but that sort of moves us swiftly onto sort of Taron Egerton or Edgerton's performance. Mm. He didn't look like Elton John. No, and I didn't think when he sang he sounded particularly like Elton John either. But. I didn't care. It was a good performance regardless, wasn't it? Yeah. So he still embodied the essence of what Elton John is and was mm. at that in those moments in time. So Elton John is obviously a very confident person uh, and well, he appears confident anyway. And it's he has that whole double side to himself where he's actually a very shy, innocent yeah. child. And at the end of the day, all he wants is love and respect and and to be adored in a certain way and just just a hug and i think that it, where he perf- portrayed that best was some of the scenes where he was just about to go on stage and he's having a, an argument or a discussion literally seconds for stepping out into in front of fifty thousand people and putting on the persona of elton john yeah, well, yeah, there's the scene in question that you're talking about is he had an argument with Bernie, Bernie Torpin. That's right. And uh, just about to go on stage and he's a bit of a meltdown. Madison Square Garden, I, I think. I could be wrong on that. I think you're wrong on that one because that is at the end of the film. Oh, uh, was it? It was. Uh, I'm getting my performances all confused. You are. <laughs> but there, was a, there was a lot of performances in the film, mm. but particularly uh, the one that I really enjoyed was Crocodile Rock. Um, mm. at, I can't remember the name of the... The bar. the bar in Los Angeles. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't think what it's called no. either. <laughs> but that was a, a, yeah, exactly a moment, a, a pivotal moment in the film mm. that really transcended how Elton John feels in his head, but also how he made other people feel from that mm. performance as well. And that moment is what's missing in Bohemian Rhapsody. I feel like we got the music, but we didn't get how it made people feel and how it made Freddie Mercury feel when performing. It just didn't capture that same essence. And because uh, Rocket Man is so adventurous and so fantastical, mm. you can really capture those essences. And I think Dexter Fletcher has to be credited with a lot of what he's done here. Um, he's also done uh, a, another film, another musical, uh, which is really worth having a look at. Uh, it's called Sunshine on Leaf, and it's a really brilliant musical film, and Dexter Fletcher proves himself to know how to make a musical. Um, and he's gone on to do other films such as Eddie the Eagle, and then now this. Um, and he's really got... <laughs> 
Dexter, I don't, I don't know whether you ever watched Hotel Babylon on BBC One back in the day. No, but I remember it being on, but I can't say I've seen Dexter it. Dexter Fletcher was in Hotel Babylon. Oh, what, as and an he, actor? And, yep, and he played oh. a concierge. So he's come a long way since mm. those days. And uh, and obviously he took over again, as I said before, but from uh, the director in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a really confident director and he's really confidently put this film forward and has taken every element of Elton's life and not hidden anything away. Yeah. Which is exactly what Elton wanted. Now, this is something else that Bohemian Rhapsody lacked massively in, and that's... And was pu- quite publicly criticised for, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, it was something that, that uh, David and I, when we reviewed it on Is It Worth It, that we really weren't too happy about because it needed to be pushed that bit further but mm. to reach its target audience it had to and reach a new audience it had to be rated at a 12a or a 12 and this film is rated at a 15 yes and it, that is evident in the the fact that we see uh elton john explore his sexuality he explores drugs he explores quite extensively quite extensively <laughs> alcohol bulimia um and this i think this is in the an important thing to capture a because it is the truth of elton's life yeah. but b it needs to be displayed on screen because it doesn't always get captured on on screen in and like way. elton john said he he hasn't lived a pg life so why would he make a pg film of his life it's, and of course yeah. he was the executive producer on this so which i liked the well, fact that he was involved and he, i think you could tell yeah, he was involved. Um, I listened to an interview with with Tarrant, and he was inv- involved in the beginning process, but n- mm. he never came on set. He mm. never came to see Tarrant do his thing, um, and he never he he looked at some of the rushes and had obviously a few things to say about some of the rushes and some of the, the video that came back, but he never really pushed it too far. Yeah, I mean, imagine the pressure of being on set and having Elton John stood on the side watching you. Watching you play your song yeah. and trying to work out the You're court. never going to get it right, are you? No, definitely not. So that would be very unhelpful. But I know David Furnish had a much bigger role in being an, an executive producer mm. on here. Uh, Matthew Vaughan as well. So Matthew Vaughan uh, was involved in doing Kingsman. Uh, so you may not know about Kingsman. Or Elton John was in. Elton wasn't John he? was in Kingsman too. Yeah, right. so that is where he met met Taron. Yes, I, um, I, yeah, I read this. I, I can mm. get so you do know, which is good. <laughs> some of our listeners may not. So, so yeah, Taron uh, was on Kingsman too, and uh, became really good friends with Elton John. Mm. And what from what I know about the rest of the film is that the film was actually in production for about ten years. David Furnish was it really? Yeah, and Elton John had you know were going backwards and forwards, writing a script. But always from the very beginning, Elton knew that this wasn't going to be a PG film. Like mm. this, that his story was always going to be his story. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, the the drugs, suicidal parts, going to AA um, or rehab and whatnot. It, it involved every aspect of, of his life. And, and that is why I love this film, because it's... it's I'm trying to think of the word it's un understated but not doesn't not explore certain elements that you would have thought that maybe you'd shy away from basically mm. yeah i mean obviously we we can't keep talking about it in the context of bohemian rhapsody but one of the th- things i think it is inevitable the proximity that they were released it's inevitable there's going to be comparisons i think one of the things that struck me while i was watching it is just how similar the plot line is 
Um, you, you've got sort of the the boy from nowhere who becomes insanely talented, meets up with his musician friends, becomes insanely successful, um, grapples with some demons, becomes isolated. Um, then there's the redemption. Um, there's the manipulative manager slash partner. There's the arrogant record company executives. And there's the moment in the in the office of the record company, the sort of I told you so moments. There's a lot of those elements which were almost identical in both films. And they do, the stories do cross over in a, uh, in, in one aspect uh, mainly is, is John Reed. Yes, of so course. So John was Reed was featured an, in both. In, featured in both yeah. films, and, but featured very differently in both films, mm. I, I think. I mean, he came across in Bohemian Rhapsody as actually the nice guy. Yeah. And in this film, uh, Elton John didn't shy away from portraying him as the man that he was to Elton and uh, Richard Madden, I think did a really great job uh, at portraying that character. Mm. And, you know, I've, we've not really seen him on screen portraying that sort of nasty piece of work really. No, but he did it quite capably. I yeah, thought <laughs> very eff- effortlessly almost. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, we talked about uh, Dick James, wasn't it, as well? Stephen Graham played Dick James, and whatever film he's in, he lights up the screen, and it doesn't matter how many lines he's got in the film, he is absolutely hilarious, especially in this film. Mm. Uh, you know, one quote in particular that I really liked was, uh, I'm going for a massage. Um, yeah. That, I mean, I'm going to be quoting that for a long while and having a bit of a laugh with that, but um, that... He, he, yeah, he, I mean, the other films that he's been in of recent were um, uh, Yardy with Idris Elba. He, he plays like a a white man trying to be a Jamaican, um, a Jamaican gangster at that. And that was a really impressive performance. And he was great in the film, a, a bit of comic relief, yeah, which exactly. there wasn't an abundance of in the film. No. Uh, obviously due to the, the nature of the, the plot. But he, he was great. Yeah, he was a, a bit of light relief. And I think there there was a lot more humour, sort of not right at the beginning, but it was when Elton sort of starts venturing off into LA, and yeah. there's the scene where Bernie comes in and tells him about uh, the fact that there's uh, uh, certain famous people in at the bar, and he sort of has a bit of a meltdown about that, and that, that was quite humorous as well. And it is up and down in terms of humour, and it just reflects Elton's life. Uh, yeah, I think I, I agree. One of the the most humorous bits for me was obviously at the start of the film seeing him walk into the the meeting at, at the rehab center dressed as god knows what <laughs> <laughs> yeah and sat there in his costume for quite a long time of that meeting as well before obviously it gets stripped back throughout the film yeah and i mean saying that it's getting stripped back as well it, his hair mm. throughout the, the entire film is perfectly done yeah. in terms of him losing his hair and it's uh, over time you just see it gradually disappearing and I mean, well costume makeup and wardrobe on the film was fantastic wasn't it sensational yeah I mean a, a film about the life of Elton John is going to have to have a pretty strong wardrobe team behind it oh absolutely and yeah I, I thought it was a staggering array of costumes in there um, the, the... authentically recreated as well absolutely. for the most part absolutely and I think that helped uh, Taron as well for me to believe that he was Elton John yeah. and the one scene that really resonated with me in terms of how he looked was the scene where you get uh, it's like a sequence where he's playing the piano but it's spinning around and it's different performances and different outfits and there's and about 8 or 9 costume changes in a minute or something isn't there absolutely yeah. and 
that made me believe that he he really looked like Elton John in that moment as mm. it kept happening. And it was obviously it was fast moving and fast paced and whatnot. But he really embodied Elton John in that moment. Mm. And I, I really liked that scene. It was really, really good. And uh, I, I'm trying to think what else uh, the film really did to make it stand out. You've got costumes. You've got some great acting. I think uh, Jamie Jamie Bell, who played Bernie as well, was really an understated character in a sense. But he was Had a very understated man in real life. Yeah, you know? he was. You know, right at the back of everything in terms of writing the lyrics, um, but didn't really wasn't at the forefront of being like Elton. Yeah, you know, on stage singing or anything. So not many people, I think, who know Elton John know that Bernie wrote a lot of the lyrics, especially those who are new to the Elton John music. Yeah, I dare say there would have been a lot of people in the audience who who weren't aware of that. Um, but yeah, really, really well played. He he did exactly what he had to do. You know, it was a purposely understated performance. And that in an, in essence, this film, as we said, is a musical, but. It's also a love story, and I think that love story is between Bernie and Elton. Mm. And you know, it's not in 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 a romantic sense, but it's about friendship and and forgiveness and being um, together. And when you watch the film, you realise that actually it's it's sort of the the one constant relationship throughout the film and throughout Elton John's life. Um, as you know, they, they met in the late sixties and are, are still friends and and writing partners today. So that's a long time. So I think it's fair to say that we would recommend this film for people yes. to go and see in the cinema. Even if you're not a massive fan of Elton John, um, I think there's something there for you, even if you're not. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So that is the review of uh, Rocketman. Uh, Daniel, thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, will you come back again? If they ever do a biopic of Paul McCartney, I'll be straight back. Biopic? Mm. Is it a biopic or biopic? This is a debate that me and David have had many times. Yeah, I'll bet. I, I would say biopic, but if you listen back to the podcast, I've probably said it different ways throughout. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the main way of saying it is biopic, because it's obviously biographical picture. Yeah. I like, biopic sounds like a better word, though. It does, actually. Mm. It rolls off the tongue better. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for coming <laughs> You're on. You're more than welcome. And, thank uh, you for having we'll me. We'll see you again soon.